and welcome into another episode of Hey Fighting Podcast, brought to you by Marathon Petroleum. Get the most out of your drive. Jacob Hester, Matt Flynn, back with you again. We have not been fired just yet. LSU gets a big victory. We are here to talk about it for the next 30 minutes. LSU 31, mm. Mississippi State 16. Matt we're like Flynn. The, we're like the Auburn coach right now. We're still here. We are. We're still here. We are still here. Don't know for how long. Still here. <laughs> we still have the keys thanks to Marathon Petroleum. All right. Uh, LSU thanks, gets a SEC victory in Brian Kelly's first SEC game. And I said this on Off the Bench earlier this week, and I'm going to say it again. This is a good win. This was a good win. It is a win against Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a solid football team I realize they did not have a little number next to their name as far as a top 25 but listen they're a good team we talked about it last week the teams that they had beaten the first two games of the season their only losses were to Mississippi State so this was a quality football team they were the favorite coming into your stadium and you did what you had to do which is take care of business and we always talk about stepping stones this to me was a nice stepping stone your first conference game against a team that was ranked ahead of you because they hadn't lost a game right they were undefeated they came in as the favorite again as we talked about so you go out there, you get down 13 early, Matt, and you find a way to claw back into the game. We're going to dive into some of the tape. We're going to take a look at the two-minute drive you had to score your first points to really make it a game before half. We're going to look at some other drives in the second half. But initial thoughts for you yep. watching this game? Just like you said, I mean, every win in college football at this level is a good win. I'm a little bit more reserved than you are. Um, because of – our past history sure okay i'm gonna call you out some of that happens because when you and i were in school you won two national championships here i won one national championship here mississippi state was not stable as a program when you and i were playing college football they are now like they were a team they were seven six last year they had a 500 record in the sec you're not going to throw a parade but you're still going to know that this is a quality we, win i think some of uh you take the positives yes it yeah. was it's an sec win against a good program but still we as lsu fans as lsu former players the people in the football building they hold themselves to a higher standard than mississippi state does so yes there's a lot of positives a lot of takeaways we saw a lot of improvement in this past game uh from the week one loss in florida state uh, a lot of things that they missed on that they improved. But, look, we if you go back watch the film, there's still a lot of sloppy play out there that you're putting on film and a lot of things to improve from. So, as a fan, that makes me excited and hopeful for the weeks coming forward because we know that we've put this coaching staff together um, that has a lot of high praise and accolades, and we, we believe that this coaching staff can get them right. And But I, I can look at the film and I can see – Never should have been down 13, and we should have the the scoreboard should have been a little bit a little bit more lopsided. Um, great win, great victory, but let's take a when you look at it from a, a keen eye and you watch the film and you dissect it. We left a lot out there, and they gave us some they gave us some easy stuff. And teams that you know if they're going to give it to you, mm -hmm. you have to take advantage of it, and that's part and teams of finding that. ways to win games. And there was big steps, I think, for LSU in this game. And we'll break them down, but just initially for me, offensive line play was much better. 
you have two true freshman tackles. I'll say that again: two true freshman tackles, and Will Campbell One and Emory time. Jones. Uh, that I mean, that is like Andrew Whitworth territory, typically, mm-hmm. right? That you can come in as a true freshman and you can play right away. And they graded out extremely high. You know we're big fans of pro football focus. I mean, they both graded out high. I mean, Emory Jones came to LSU as a guard. I mean, he's a top-rated guard in the country. And he gets in there against Southern at right tackle, Mm -hmm. and he puts some good stuff on tape. And they're like, hey, you're up. Yep. And not only are you up, you're going from playing an FCS opponent to an SEC opponent. Yep. And he went out there and did his job, didn't have, you know, 10 missed assignments, and continue to be a mauler mm-hmm. a little bit. It's almost like you're too young to know any better. <laughs> you know, football's crazy. At this level, football has, has grown so much since we were playing. You Absolutely. Know, we, we're old. Yeah, like back in my day, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, walk it, up it was 15 years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. But, like, the, the, the way that kids mature at an earlier age now with the development of uh, strength and conditioning, health, Hydrate like all the stuff that people do and the hydration in there. It's part of everything. Relax. Um, Drinkmyhigh.com. But they they mature physically so much faster, and then also mentally from with the spread of social media and camps. There's good coaching at every single level, so people come, kids come to school with more physically gifted and mature than they used to, and with a lot higher football IQ just because there's better coaching down down the ranks. So. Like positions that you never see starters, tackles. You see a lot of quarterbacks starting as true freshmen. Um, it's just something that used to not be a thing is now a thing. But these two guys stepped in. I thought they played well. Um, I thought it was a good, uh, for the most part, off- offensive strategy. We saw the running back, his first priority on most pass plays was to help the tackles or chip or just – Maybe just look at him. Body a, presence, a little like body that. presence. That's yeah. right. And um, you know, it was, it was it was a good it was a good first start for those guys. Um, and I think one of them made like the the greatest like open field tackle. Oh, Emory <laughs> Jones did make. I mean, if you go back, and I know you can't, but just trust me. If you go back and you watch the end zone copy, it was green grass and an offensive tackle with a punt returner, and the mm-hmm. offensive tackle won. Yep. Like they were the only two in the screen. Yeah. On the all 22. 22 people on the field. Only two <laughs> people are in two. the screen. He makes a tackle. Pretty great. He was hyped up and he should have been. Oh, yeah. I don't make that tackle. Absolutely. No, he's more excited about that than any block he will ever make this hey, You year. always get excited about the things that you don't get a chance to do. Oh, no doubt. My biggest regret in my LSU football career, there was a fake punt against Ole Miss. I think it was 2006. All right. And they telegraphed it. We knew it was coming. I'm like, oh, here it comes. He's going to throw it out here. The punter is. And instead of going to intercept the football, it would have been a pick six. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I did the safe thing. And I sat there. I let him complete it. And I tackled him behind the line of scrimmage. All right? Boom. My biggest regret, I should have picked it off. Can you imagine a running back getting a pick six? <laughs> it's like stuff you just don't get to do. With those hands? I mean, like I had good hands. Jamarcus believed in my hands. You didn't. No, well, why would I? You dropped my like greatest pass in college. Yeah, debatable. Deb- well, there's a lot of good ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. All right, uh, back on topic here. I will say this. One, one last thing, and this is, again, awesome win, but let's have some perspective. In the words of our the former offensive line coach when we were playing, Stacy Searles, Mississippi State, it's full of people that didn't get scholarship offers from LSU. 
Let's have some perspective. All right. Didn't Matt, hear it from me. Matt, they literally just heard it from you. See, I'm not there because I think that <laughs> when you watch that team, because when we were in school, that was the case. But this team, this team is different. He had to throw that in there. He's been waiting all week to throw that in there. It was but, such a good quote in the time we all. It, it, yeah, we loved it's it. It's one of those quotes from a coach that you always remember. But when you take a look at what this team was coming in, and certainly Mississippi State's offense – yeah. I mean, they were putting up big numbers. Mm -hmm. And one of my biggest takeaways, and how can it not be, was the defense. The defense held Mississippi State to 289 total yards. Third down, Mississippi State was 3 of 14. On fourth down, they were 1 of 4. Yards per pass, only 5.1. I mean, this was the team that was dominating like nationally the statistics through the air. Mm -hmm. And you came in and you had a great game plan. You moved Jay Ward to the nickel position, and I love that. In college football, and it's trending this way in the NFL as well, the nickel is one of, if not the most important player on your team because everyone has now a nickel in their base defense because 11 is the base offense. And what are you going to try to do? Right, you're going to try to create mismatches on offense. And so what teams were doing, Matt, they were putting their best receiver in the slot mm -hmm. against your third best, air quotes here, your third best cover guy. Teams have started to figure that out. And so they're making moves. They're putting some of their best cover guys in the slot. Now, Jay Ward was a safety, but he came to LSU as a corner. He's played corner before. So they move him to nickel in this game. I thought he thrived. I mean, he's, he's SEC Defensive Player of the Week. I mean, he's got 11 tackles. He's got the interception. He was all over the place. And you also, you created pressure, which is very, very hard to do against Mississippi State. If you would have told me that LSU would have had more sacks than Mississippi State coming into this game, I would not have believed you just because of the way the offenses were built. But they did. B.J. Ojolari was somebody that was possessed in this game. And they did a really nice job. They were, as you were talking about, they were creating four-man rushes, mm -hmm. right? They were lining up in three-man. They'd walk a linebacker. Harold Perkins, another true freshman to the line of scrimmage. That slides B.J. Ojolari down to a guard. And I'm always going to take a first-round type pass rusher against a guard one-on-one. Yeah, well, from, the, from the pass rush perspective, um, yeah, they – they just won a lot of their one-on-one -on -one battles. They were the better player on, on a lot of these one-on-ones, and they did some things, and we, and we kind of talked about it last week on, on this show, um, about how Mike Leach's offensive protection scheme is really you block a lineman or block in an area, whichever yeah. person gets there. So you have to sort it out yourselves. It's not necessarily a man-on-man. -man. It's whoever ends up being in your area. Um, and they kind of they did some things that kind of screw, to try to screw with that those philosophies. They they would rush three people to one side of the center and one person to the other, which which is hard to pick up in that kind yeah. of that kind of protection offense. Um, so they did some did some things, but when it came down to it, when two big human beings had to play football against each other, LSU won yeah. most of those battles. And you saw it; they played like their hair was on fire. It was fun to watch, um, and that's what you just you wanted to see. As a fan, we wanted to see – that's what we expect from LSU, LSU defense, playing like that, dominating, but being just a relentless pass rusher, relentless in coverage. And you're right, uh, Ward moves down to the nickel. Um, and, and it's kind of the offensive evolution the last, the last 20 years yep. or so. And it started with the pros, and it's trickled down, is you get your best receiver in space – not necessarily always the outside receiver. I mean, back in the day, like Terrell Owens, Michael, like they always 
X and Z receiver. Yeah. That's where you put your big tall guy. And that's Here, where they when stayed. we were at LSU, like that's where Dwayne Bow and early Doucette, that's where yeah. they played. Just think of how much work like Terrell Owens would have done if he they would have moved him in the slot a lot of the times. Yeah. But you're seeing it now. That that's the offensive evolution that you see. Attack the middle of the field with your best guys. So defenses have to respond to that. Yep. And they got to put their best guys in. So with the with the RPO systems and the quick games and all the things over the middle, you know Mississippi State likes to run a lot of crossers um, and try to try to get, get try to get guys picked, try to sit down in zone coverage. You have to have really competent people, skilled people, athletically um, in the inside of the field, and you can match up one on one. If you get beat outside one on one, so be it. There's still lower percentage throws than over the middle. You have to protect the middle of the field because it's easier throws on the quarterback, easier throws to catch. So that's where you have to protect the easy, quick-hitting, over-the-middle shots. Because we used to always say in Green Bay, the fastest way to the end zone was over the middle of the field. And that's yeah. – we, we attacked it, we attacked it, we attacked it. And more and more offenses are doing that. When you look at uh, Will Rogers – so coming into this game, let me give you what he did against Memphis. He was 38 of 49, completed – 78% of his passes, 9.2 yards per attempt, five touchdowns, one interception. All right, you go to Arizona the next week, completes 39 passes, 80%. He completed 80% of his passes, four touchdowns. In this game, 24-42, 214, only 57% of his passes, 5.1 yards per pass attempt. As I mentioned, only one touchdown to that one interception. And so this was a quarterback that came in thriving, and you had a scheme that he could not figure out. And he got pressure. He had not gotten pressured in those other games. And you really had him rattled. You had him confused. Mm-hmm. You had him off of his mark, which I always talk, you know, quarterbacks. And if you take them off their mark, they get uncomfortable. They start to do things that they typically don't do. Yeah, and, and that quarterback will improve from this game. I, yeah. you, you got to believe because the stats that you just read game to game for Mississippi State is kind of classic. Mike Leach. I mean, we love the man. We we think he is great for college football, hilarious. But that's kind of like all of his stops. They're, they have huge games. I mean, look at LSU a couple of years ago. I mean, what, 600 yards passing or whatever it was. They just completed another crosser in man coverage. Yeah, yes. right now. Yeah, um, currently. But it's like game to game, if the scheme just matches up really well against them or if you have them figured out, you can stifle them. And it's about taking their quick and easy options away and then, like you said, making him move his platform as a thrower, making him get through his progressions, and by that time, hopefully, you're you're winning your one on one on one battles. Um, I thought schematically, it was a, a good game plan. I, there was a couple of uh, there was a couple of misses that we had. I thought from a um, from a from an outside shell perimeter cornerback stance, like little things, like yeah. bringing a certain pressure. You know, I would have liked to see some a little bit more press coverage on some of the things that we were doing to try to screw up their dual dual protections. But you know, I think all in all, it was a good scheme, but it was it was great execution. Yeah, real quick, I want to mention we talked about the true freshman offense. We mentioned Harold Perkins on defense as a true freshman, and you talked about how players just grow up quicker, and they do. They have more opportunities. They get here, you know, in, in a ready position to play compared to where even great players it's, when we got here redshirted. That mean that if you didn't redshirt, you were an outlier. Except for you, I mean, you were what? Like, what were you defensive tackle in high school? But you know what? Not I didn't do deal. redshirt. Did you redshirt? Tell the people. Sure, did. cameras are out. Absolutely, best best move ever. This guy didn't. Okay, that's because you were a personal protector and punt or something. 
Uh, probably. You're a gunner? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. We're going to burn they, that red shirt. They saw me and they saw gunner in my future. Uh, but, I mean, too, and we were joking here, but to the point, like Tyson Jackson, our class, my class, redshirted, and he was number three overall pick. In the NFL draft. That's just great players redshirted. But now you come in and you're ready to play. But even like mentally. So Harold Perkins had a play. And I wish I would have pulled it. Maybe we can somehow splice this in. But he had a play where, all right, he's walked towards the line of scrimmage. And the guard from Mississippi State's looking at him. And he okie dokes him. So he makes it feel like he, he takes three steps to the right. And he looks like he's looking in the backfield. The back had already gotten out but he looks like he's looking in the backfield. So the guard gets off of him mm. because he thinks he has the back and yep. man coverage. Yep. As soon as the guard got off of him, he came right through the A-gap and hit the quarterback. Yeah, that's great. And, and that is the, the, the attention to detail and film work and understanding uh, blocking schemes is so good. So if you know that an offensive line is a zone protection line, then you know that little things like that yep. can, can make a difference. If, if you look like you're dropping, they're going to – you're going to lose their eyes. That's why understanding the why and not just the what when you play football, it makes the difference between good and great teams. And that's why I loved my favorite – one of my favorite days in training camp always was when we were in the NFL was doing the, the cross training where the offensive line would go spend the entire day in film with the defensive line yep. coach. The quarterbacks and receivers would go spend all day with the, the defensive back coaches and, and everyone offense would switch yeah. with the defensive coaches because you got to understand why. Why is, this, why is this offensive lineman coming and what makes him look to the tackle? Or what, what's the difference between man and zone blocking? What's the difference between as a, as a quarterback that, and a that, receiver? That day was how I learned Green Dog Blitzes. Uh, I, in college – you memorize so much stuff, and you think you know pass protection. You think you know why guys are coming. You have no idea. Yeah. And then once you get into those meetings that you're talking about, I'm like, oh, this is what you're looking for yep. for me? And you just add to the blitz if yep. I do this? And like, uh, yeah, yeah, you dummy. But that's, and that's, <laughs> and that's the difference, though, is because like when we were when we go to college, we weren't ready mentally to, to fully grasp the why. We just yeah. had to learn the what, yeah. right? Yeah. But kids these days are coming in. They have so much good education and IQ and football IQ when they get there that they're ready to take a, yeah. kind of the, we'll call the 4,000 level class of football, then starting out with a 1,000 level. Or remedial. Well, I think I got that right, 1,000 level? Yeah, I was, I was going even a step below that. Remedial. Yep. You had some of those math classes. There's no doubt when you got here. Oh, yeah. Big class guy. All right, I'm going to put some pressure on Harrison. He's producing this to maybe try to find a way to get that play in uh, the breakdown that we were talking about because it was a very impressive play. Speaking of the tape, let's go ahead and go to let's go to the, the tape, Harrison. <laughs> we're going to go to the tape. Let's go to the film review here. All right, to set this up, this is the two-minute drive right before the half. You're down 13 to nothing. You got to get points. Remember, Mississippi State gets the ball coming out in the second half and so you did not want to go down two scores with them getting the football obviously an important drive and Matthew you're the quarterback you probably mm -hmm. won't let me touch this go ahead <laughs> yeah we just we this we, is second and we two, wanted to go way. this was a big drive in the game um up to this point I thought watching it was a very pretty sloppy half miss a lot we didn't execute um I think on both sides of the ball, I think there were some sloppy things happening, but especially on offense. Um, so we wanted to go through a couple plays here and just really take a dive in with you guys uh, listening and watching the good, the bad, the ugly, what we see from a 
former football player standpoint. Uh, let's see here. All right, this is second and two. Again, two-minute drive right before the half. Second and two, we got three receivers to the bottom, one to the run receiver and a running back up to the top. Uh, let's see. They're running a little 3-5-3 three, three defense, which is three defensive linemen, five across the middle of the field, the middle layer, and then the top layer, three really playing like a three-safety type deal. So a lot's being said about Jaden, especially after week one, about you know fans don't believe he's getting through his reads and he, he wants to run. We, this, is a, this is a play where he takes off and run, and it was a fantastic decision, fantastic play. But I want to take a look at the receiver. The receiver routes here, it was a MA, a bust. Somebody didn't get the correct call. We have Kayshawn at top here. He's going to basically, him and the tight end, almost run head-on collision here. This is what you do not want. We call this you want good mesh between all the receivers. You want to have good separation, yep. to, especially in zone and zone coverages, to put pressure on the defenders. Like, which way do I go? Which receiver do I try to – which window do I take away? Right here, a terrible mesh, not an easy read for the quarterback. You got the running back coming out, trying to run a wheel route, taken away. He gets off of him quick. Next guy, got to come to the crosser, number eight, taken away. Then his third read is should be over the middle. But these two guys are right next to each other, yeah. screws it up. So he gets out of the pocket, makes a really positive play, great play. He was going through his progressions. Everything got muddy. Got to clean that up from the receiver perspective. But yeah, so to, with his wheels, with his skill set, he turned it into a positive. Yeah, I mean, so to your point, like if you're watching that, and, and some like I'll, I'll be guilty of this sometimes as well with quarterbacks, like, all right, well, what were you reading right there? Like what was – the progression well that was a bad mesh and so it's second and two you take off mm -hmm. and yes you were trying to read the defense they yep. take away the uh, wheel route yep. number eight coming across neighbors he's taken away and then it's a bad mesh and so that's why you take yep. off when the quarterback coach is grading that play he gets a check mark boom all right this is the next play first down um again they're running just you know they're they're end up rushing four they bring a linebacker um, basically playing a cover two down below and cover four. So we call that cover, cover six, cover eight coverage. Um, probably Jaden probably should be up top reading here. Just taking the number three guy zone defense, probably not great to go against, uh, to the two receiver side, especially against cloud, not a great coverage against cloud. Anyway, we said good, bad, ugly, not a great play. We've got a couple of yards though. We stay on schedule. Yeah, I mean, and obviously in that situation, staying on schedule is always yeah. what we talk about. You just want to, in two-minute drills, especially with over a minute left, all you want to do, you just want to get completions. Get completions. Right. Sets so. up a second and seven here, still in the two-minute drive. Mm -hmm. So I believe this is another one where he's going to scramble out, make a big play with his feet. But as we can see, we got a vertical, two verticals up top. Then we have like a deep dig route um, from Kayshawn below. Uh, the receiver ends up staying in, or I'm sorry, the running back ends up staying in and helping. You can see this. He's body presence from the running back and ends up helping that right tackle. Um, probably because he knows there's a little bit deeper route coverage, but nowhere to go. This is, this is in, in this situation, I don't love the play call. It's all deep routes, running backs not getting out, and uh, obviously nowhere to go here for Mr. Jaden. If he had a little bit more time, of course, Kayshawn, that, that's the play. Throw the, throw the deep dig down below. Gets a little pressure. Big play. It does look like the back was probably, hey, you're, you don't, yeah, you're not even tagged. Like yeah. This is going to be a full six-man protection. Yeah, it did. It did. 
So what Matt's saying, when you don't have a check down, when you don't have an outlet, because this back, like a lot of times you have a protection that's tagged with a route, and so you check your protection. If he doesn't come, then you get out. And there's sometimes it's what, you know, it's not a max protect because it's not a seven-man, but it's still a six-man protection. If your guy doesn't come, you help. And you stay in and Mm -hmm. you chip and you give your quarterback time. But what that does or what it doesn't allow the quarterback to do is have that check down Charlie mentality. And the check down becomes him taking off with his legs. legs have to become become the check down at that time. Well, you didn't have that ability. but No. Mm -mm. Dude, I ran 4-7. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it's not. Like, they wouldn't report that. Like, they wouldn't say, hey, Matt Flynn ran a 4-7 at the combine. Hey, Nike camp, my senior year, 4-5-3. Yeah, literally nobody believes that. Go to the, go to the tape. There, there certainly was not tape. Go to the stats. Laser time. Uh, they didn't have lasers. Would you run in at the Nike camp? Would you run at you know the Nike camp? Probably didn't get invited. You know who got underclassmen at the Nike camp? This guy for defensive tackle, uh, linebacker. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, Probably didn't run a four five three. Yeah, ran faster. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's get back. All right, this was here. this was another long run here. Uh, walk us through the coverage and the concept here. All right, so we are going to bring pressure. So we would call this a middle dog or Mike Sam blitz, whatever you want to call it, because they they do end up dogging. So what they're going to call do, that America's blitz? They're going to play pretty much playing man they might call this mississippi state might call this three dog probably not they're gonna no, this is gonna be man straight man but they're gonna have a defensive tackle kind of slough off to probably account for try to account for Jaden or spy him it's kind of what we talked about last week in yeah. the show like how we would attack we would attack by sending middle double a gap muggers and dropping a defensive tackle yeah um you see the pressure here. I'd like to see Jaden just pull the trigger on the tight end right here to the left, the flat, boom, first down, get out of bounds. But he's got this extra element skill set that you can't coach, and it's hard to coach against when he makes a play like this. But to stay on time, I would have loved to just see him get the ball, get, get the ball out to the tight end right there, first down, three, four, five yards, and move on. But it's hard to coach that because he does have this element with his legs that – that he makes obviously a very huge play. He does. And as we look at this, you can count like one, two, three, four, five, six. So it almost looks like six guys are coming. But in fact, only four are truly coming because your defensive tackle is dropping out. And I still think that this front side linebacker, 44 here, yep. I think he's dogging. Mm-hmm. He sees the back take care of the other. He sees well, him scanning across, and he adds himself into the blitz. So it initially has a look of six guys are coming, when in fact only four are coming. Yeah, I mean, we got, what, what Jacob means by dog, it's called a green dog. It's if the back – you have the back and man coverage, but if he stays to protect, you come. Yeah, you, you add come it to the blitz. So what they're running here is – I don't know what LSU calls it, but this would be a two-jet protection, um, which is a six – it's a six-man protection with the back's ability to get out in a route. And you can see our center is looking left. So we got up here, it was a Mike left call. So Mike is number 14 right there. Yep. So those three guys are in charge of the two defensive linemen to the left and number 14. Number 21 is in charge of number 44. If 44 does not come, he gets out on a route. Or like we saw two plays before, he can stay in and help chip. Um, the problem, the why, why line uh, coaches on defense, green dog, like number 44, what Jacob's saying, if 21 
sees that 44 is not coming immediately and looks to the defensive end to help chip. You teach that linebacker number 44. As soon as he looks to chip the defensive end, you come. And uh, it's, it's just kind of that chess game that defensive and offensive coordinators play. And maybe they called this green dog blitz because they saw him chipping two plays before. That's probably a great point because see how his shoulders are still square. He's still reading. And I'm talking about number 44 here, the linebacker. He's mm-hmm. on the right side of the formation. And that's because he's trying to see what the running back is going to do. So in pre-snap, looks like you're bringing six. You're actually bringing four. Ends up being five because of the running back's actions. And so that's just kind of – how it ended up playing out right there. Was that a defensive lineman wearing 22? Yeah, he oh, is. Yeah, that's it's a great so, number. I, I hate that change <laughs> on, the, on the jersey stuff, man. That's a terrible change. Well, I mean, it's always been in college. That's now just the NFL. Oh, no. And oh, so yeah. now you're right. Sorry. Yeah, now you actually have to do work and you got to figure out who the mic is and who's down what and all that. What a terrible rule change. I mean, you're just lazy take trying to worry about if he's got a 90 or 50 number on. Go ahead, sir. Touchdown, Tigers. <laughs> Not a lot to break down here. I mean, we got a uh, a man beater. So if they play straight up press man, you got Kayshawn Booty, Boutte running a, well, technical difficulties. Come on, LSU. Bunk. It's not working. Anyway, Kayshawn for the number three. He's running a corner here. So if you get press man, that's a really good route. Always taught to do that. Um, eight, number eight, number two. He's going to run kind of like a – an outside whip route where he's going to go out, stop, and come back in. And the number outside, we call that a little little quickie or a like a, um, a now throw or a look um, with easy read for the quarterback. If you have backed off coverage right there, just take your number one, let him do work, see if he can get in the end zone. Uh, well, you know you're at least going to get three, four yards right there. Easy read. like to see him put it on his chest a little bit more, but great effort. Let's go. 3-1, great. Um, yeah, what you did we say? Hip-hop, Jerry! We did. Oh! Okay, sorry. Now, that, that needs to be a thing. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the few things you've done right in your life, um, outside of your beautiful wife and family. Uh, that's, that's actually, that's the list. Um, that's it. That's the list. Boom. All right, so talk about just getting points before the half like that. You're down 13 to nothing, and you got to get something. They get the ball coming out in the second half, and you lead a drive like that, and – there's times it didn't look pretty. Jaden actually going back and doing a film review. Like watching it live, I'm like, okay, is he reading? Is he doing what he's supposed to be doing? Going back and watching that, there was some situations where maybe one of those plays we can take a look at it. Maybe two of them, one run and one throw. But for the most part, that's kind of what the play dictated. Yeah, and, and, and you, it is, it's, it's always good to go watch the, the actual film footage because you can see why people do things and you can really dissect like things that they should have, they, they, they screwed up or why they took off running or why they made this or that throw or this and that read. And you can sit in here as like an armchair quarterback, you can dissect, oh, you should have done this, should have done that, should have done that. But you can go in any film room on a Monday morning after NFL Sunday and like you could even look at Josh Allen right now is probably looking at 10 plays that he left on the field this past week. Yeah. Probably probably the greatest quarterback in the NFL right this second. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, all of them, every single game they've ever played, they can Joe go Burrow, look at the Justin film. Justin Herbert, just going to add a couple names there. Well, I mean, they're the, yeah. I'll just say this, this isn't a podcast about NFL, but we're probably in the healthiest quarterback NFL in the history, and it's yeah. only going to get better. That's why I want to add some names. 
to the healthy list. Yeah, but they all these quarterbacks or any position can go back and f- look at plays that they missed. They missed. They missed. And that's just that's the nature of the beast. That's football. It's how you overcome it. What do we always say? It's never as good as you thought it was on yeah. tape, and it's never as bad as you thought it was going to be on tape. I mean, I can't tell you how and I know you're going to love this. I can't tell you how many times I would turn on the tape in college and think, "Man, I gave that guy the business, man. I, oh, yeah. I shook him out of his cleats." And it's like, "No, you look like molasses out there and he just missed a tackle." <laughs> Oh, yeah, dude. I remember, like, man, I balled out this game. And then it was like, I'd watch the film, and I'm like, oh, my God, I missed, like, three wide-open receivers. Mm -hmm. I should have just – we should have thrown for 500 yards on this team. But to your point, getting points at the end of the half right there probably is what – you know, you can you can make the argument that that is what put us in a position to win this game because, of course, points matter. But more importantly – like the emotional, like football's an emotional game. It's a game where it's a, it's a confidence thing, just like any other sport. It's like golf, just like it's a confidence thing. If you have confidence and believe that you can do it mentally, you're going you're gonna to execute better because you're not second-guessing anything. And I think, you know, through after week one loss and different things, like it would have been easy right there for that, that, offensive, that offensive unit to second – Done a lot of second guessing right there. Yeah. Um, but they didn't. They stayed with what they did. They fought. They made some great plays. Jaden made some great, great decisions to, to run the ball. Um, and it's ultimately important because you go into the half and you know it's that's the difference between it being a pretty dead silent oh, yeah. locker room with like one linebacker yelling at people saying, <laughs> like, get your get your ass together. Um to now the whole locker room there's chatter there's energy that like that changed halftime and the message that could be spoken to those guys from from the head coach i love that you chose a linebacker position it's always a backup linebacker that screams at the team right yeah oh he's a meathead get your head out of your asses he's a meathead we love him he's part of the team we need him he's a meathead and then like the offensive guys are just like "Hmm, whatever dude yeah but you score before half completely different feeling Completely like it, Look, it's a lot of it, chatter, a lot of not, high fives. It's, like not, a lot of, it's not club locker room. Oh, yeah, we in there, got this. But, yeah, we got, we got this. this. We got yeah. this. It's yeah. easy. Easy. Yeah. We just yeah, got we, we messed right up where we want. But if you we don't score them, right don't there, us. man, it's 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 quiet. <laughs> Everyone's still confident, quiet yeah. confidence, but it's quiet. Everyone's just drinking their drinking their mind. You found a way. Got it. All right. Uh, we want to get to one more play here on the tape and then a couple more thoughts before we end today's podcast. This is a fourth and three situation, and this was something they learned from the first game against Florida State because Florida State had success with this defense. So you practice it, you rep it, and Matt, I'll let you take Listeners, over. Listeners, viewers, which defense and pressure are we talking about that we struggled with mightily against Florida State? That would be cover zero. Yeah, I say they can't really answer you. Like, so I, don't well, know I what gave them, I gave like the, like the, uh, the child's, the children's show, like okay. pause. Like, what letter okay. comes after B? C. C. Yeah, okay. Nailed it. All right. All right yeah, it's, so it's cover zero. We struggled with it. We didn't have an answer for it. Um, this is something, and we'll, we'll go from as soon as this clip starts to everything that happens. This is a clear and obvious. We got to go to the tape here. To the tape, tape. Harrison. To the tape, Harrison. To the tape. All right, so we come out in a two-by-two formation. We got our tight end off the line of scrimmage. He's out in the wide receiver position. Wide receiver or running back to the top. Let's see here. Got to push this play button. All right, so there's clearly something fishy happening. We just showed you all a bunch of clips where there's two or three safeties deep. The 
defensive backs are backed off the receiver. So clearly something's different here. So LSU chooses, love it or hate it, this this type of scheme, LSU does the right thing here. They do it. It's like a, a check with me type of play where you get to the line of scrimmage, see what the defense is doing. Everyone looks to the sideline. You can see everyone's head turned to the sideline. Coaches knows what's up. Um, they've seen this tape. They've probably repped cover zero about 2,000 times since the Florida State game. And this was their check. What's going to happen here? They're going to get the call. Everyone's looking. They're going to bring the tight end in motion. And they are going to run. I mean, you, there's a couple. You can call this 58 protection, two jet T. Like, there's a d- couple of different ways to call this. But it ends up being they go to seven-man protection. But as we learned a couple of weeks ago in cover zero, they can always bring one more than you can block. What did we call that when we were at Bronco? When Bronco seven-man protection at LSU? It could have. I thought it – yeah. I can't You've been at way too many offenses. Yeah, I've been like 50 offenses. But this is a play right here where cover zero beater, we're going to run an inside receiver fade, which has become really popular in all levels of football in the last 10 years, is this inside receiver fade because there's no help over top for the slot receiver. And the reason why this is popular is because he's going to run a fade here, and he's got all the room to the sideline to work this receiver. If you throw a fade to the outside, you only have a little bit of room between the receiver and the, and the sideline. So one-on-one, all you're taught as a quarterback, if he doesn't have clear separation, just give him a chance because that yeah. defensive back is going to have his back to him. And we, I learned in the NFL that if you can see the defensive player, linebacker, defensive back, if you can see his back in the back of his head, the guy's open. Yeah. So just throw it to him. Give him a shot. So you, we got two hitches outside just to kind of – so they can accumulate their, their defensive back, make him – because this, this is a one receiver play call right here, throwing it to this guy. If for some reason they get backed off coverage, yeah, we can throw it up top if we want, right. but it's not what happens. And then, sorry, you're, you're getting film review with the quarterbacks. So I rewind it like 50 times. Huge play. Huge improvement. Well, we just, had an answer for it. We repped it. They knew it was coming. Right. And it is improvement from something we did very poorly in week one that we did really well. Yep. So, defenses, beware when you see LSU now. Now we have put on tape – a beater for cover zero. So they and can't just lick their chops and, and throw it out. We talked about it last week. Zach Arnett, great defense coordinator for Mississippi State. But what did we say? When things get hairy, when they needed a play, what did they feel most comfortable going to? Cover zero. Yep, you show your true stripes when 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 S hits the fan. Can you can we cuss on this show? I mean, just Is say S. I mean, it's it's like it's a family deal. It's mm, adjacent. Yep. Ish. Like, so, the, like, the, like the kid show. Like, what word did I mean? <laughs> you tried to get me to say it. Yeah. Dang it. No. No. Uh, I mean, Harrison's sweating a little bit over there, so I think you're good. <laughs> I think I'll, we're I'll, good, like, just the way that you, you're you saying it. Yeah. yeah. You can say, like, the normal ones that we normally can But this say. is 2022, right? Uh, the year of our Lord, 2022. Yes. That's Got what it. my uh, watch Beautiful. tells me. Anyway. What does that have to do with anything, though? Hey, but okay. seriously, defensive coordinator for Mississippi State. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing there. You never really play. You never that's go cover go-to. zero with press. That I, I agree. And that's why. That's because his, you get the DBs back to you. I agree, but that's his go-to. That's it. his mo. And some for some defense coordinators, we told you like some, they're going to play bear. Yeah. When it when it became that time, yeah. some are going to play cover zero. Some are going. I guess to, down a distance, you know, blitz you know, certain guys, strike blitz, lynch blitz, America's blitz, whatever it is. That's just what they go to. Yeah. And I guess down a distance, you're trying to take away the short game. Because it is fourth and two or whatever. I understand that. But I still, when you have no help over top, I still want my DBs. 
eyes to have at least a peripheral mm-hmm. view of the quarterback and the ball um, with no help. But that's just me. Yeah, because if you're playing off, you, glad it wasn't me. you feel like you have time to react, even we, if they are throwing quick yep. game. Because if it was me, we probably would have stuffed it. If it was me, fourth and three, we're running giant power. But <laughs> that's just what I know. Oh, shoot. Whoa. Did you just knock Kent Lowe over? Has that been there the whole time? It's been there the entire time. If you're just listening and not watching, this is why you should subscribe to LSU Gold to see Matt Flynn bang his head up against a bookshelf that has been there literally every time we've ever filmed this podcast. That's right. Film review with two really ADD people. It's not a great combination, (laughs) but we hope you enjoy it. Uh, One last thing that I want to mention before we get off today's Hey Fighting Podcast, brought to you by Marathon Petroleum, by the way, get the most out of your drive. Uh, well, not next opponent, but yeah. playing New Mexico, they're two and one. Their only well, losses is meant, to Boise. That's what I meant. I meant New Mexico. Our next, this is our next opponent. Yeah, but I was just going to actually give a shout out to Jake Flint and his staff in the weight room because all three games you've thrived in the second half. And I thought this game, even more so than the first game, you showed that you were a well-conditioned team. There was never a moment where you looked like you were out of gas. In fact, it looked like you were getting stronger in the second half. And the other team did not show that in all three games. And just want to give a little tip to the cap. Great yeah, name, Jake Flint. It's like a little mixture of our name. Kind yeah, of. It, 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 it's, it's been impressive to watch um, the, the physicality that LSU's played with, the heart that uh, – a lot of positives, man. This whole season, even, even the Florida State game, like a lot of positives to take away because of the way we've played – I thought physically in the second half, just like you said, but like more more emotionally and mentally. I yeah. feel like we've stayed in the game. There's a will to be successful and yeah. to be good from all these people. And the little things that you take away from like when there's a there's a mess up and somebody messes up or a big mistake in the game, like you see the 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 emotion, like the, the kids care and they want to be good. There's just some yeah. things they have to clean up. Yeah. And once they get it cleaned up, this team can be good. And uh how good, we don't know. I know the expectation before the season wasn't like it usually is around LSU, but it can, there's a it lot can, of football to be It can to get to a point where you're growing every week, which I think this LSU team has done. One of my biggest things when I talk football is I want to see stepping stones. Mm-hmm. Where did you start? Where did you get to the next opportunity, the next opportunity, and where did you finish? And so far, this LSU football team is continuing to take a step to take a step. Them coming out and playing Southern like they did, you're supposed to do what they did, and they did it. That's not always been the case. I know there's been games when I was playing here that wasn't always the case. This week, you got New Mexico. New Mexico is a team, again, they're two and one. I'm not, I'm not gonna hate here on New Mexico, but we know what the situation is. You go out there, you take care of business, and you get ready to get back into SEC play, which this team has shown me, and BK said it. It's like, I know one thing about my team because they're still learning each other. Make no mistake about it. And he said that. He's open with it. But the thing he knows is they're going to fight. They're going to fight like hell, and they're not going to quit. Yeah, there's a lot of takeaways. They have to keep improving on, uh, on some mental mess-ups, on some schematic things they're not doing right. And if they fix it, they can be a dangerous and a threat each and every week. I don't care who the opponent is. They can be a threat and be dangerous. But if they don't get it cleaned up, you can get run off the field on a scoreboard. They have yeah. to clean some things up. It's early in the season, early in a coaching, new coaching staff. A lot of this is expected. But what you can't replace and can't coach is the will, um, will to fight, will to grind. And It's not always going to be a beauty pageant. It's not no. always going to be 
the prettiest thing out there, and that's okay. My tagline for this LSU team, and I use it for teams, and this is a term of endearment, sometimes it's too gritty to be pretty, Ooh. and that's okay. It means you Dang, got some put grit. Put it on a shirt. And you found a way, and you did the things that nobody else wanted to do. Now, sometimes it's going to be pretty, like you had against Southern. Go out there and make it pretty or make it gritty, but whatever you do, just make it a W at the end of the night. Should that go on your, your tombstone? It should. Too gritty to be yeah. pretty. Uh, I, like I, I want it like in a Ric Flair style, though, like mm-hmm. neck roll wearing gritty. You um, should have a neck roll like on your tombstone. Like, I don't want to talk about your death, but like, like on your we've tombstone, we've already, we've you already should have like a, like a marble neck roll. Yeah. I think like over the top of it. That'd be sick. I, I kind of think the foam neck roll, like maybe in a glass case, but we can talk about that next week. Don't worry. But it's not going to stay forever. Like you well, want generations to know I mean, that the, Jacob Hester wore a neck roll. That's very fair. Okay, well, we'll talk about that during uh, our break from this podcast. We'll be back yep. on this podcast next week. It feels like they've given us the keys for the rest of the season. Um, we'll see how like, that goes. I'm here as long as I can make it. As long as they will have us. I don't really like where your tone is because you've said that before and you've not shown up. He'll be here. Um, Every week. All right. Even if y'all have to go to – if we got to film three in one week. I don't love anything about no, the feeling that I just this got. This is us. They gave us the keys. Mm. We have it in our contract. No trade clause. Yep. No cut clause. Um, <laughs> so, sorry. Which, we're hey, we're both familiar with. Yeah, so subscribe. The Turk has gotten us a couple times. <laughs> He's not getting us here, though. Uh-uh, not here. All right. See ya. Hey, Fighting Podcast, Marathon Petroleum. Get the most out of your drive. We're going to drive home and then come back next week. Later. Like nights of old, we fight the whole. The glory of the purple and gold. Come on, you tigers. I said, fight, fight, fight. Victory for, victory for, victory for LSU. We are number, number one. Victory for